you doing? Oh, what a glorious day. This is the Minnesota summer. I love, 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 love. Oh, 80 degrees and sunny. Does it get any better, Stan? It's never any better from 3 to 5. 69 degrees in the studio. Exactly. Exactly. Hi, Stan. How you doing? Doing fantastic. We have got a great show planned today, right? Oh, uh, I'm I'm guessing you're going to get a little uh, upset at a few things today. Well, I have a lot on my mind, so yeah, there's plenty, plenty to talk about. But tell everybody you know, call them up right now, send them a text message, do whatever you need to do. Twyla Braz is coming on at 3.15, and she is going to talk about her amazing new book, Big Brother in the Exam Room. It's about electronic medical records. You are not going to want to miss this segment. Of course, we're going to talk some other healthcare stuff, too, but... And I always tell people, Twyla is the smartest woman I know, smartest person I know, and I've missed her. She hasn't been around uh, much because she's been super busy writing this awesome book, and it's just it's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So I can't wait to talk to her about that coming up real soon. Plus, the primary election is just around the corner. It's February 14th. Uh, people are already voting. Can you believe that? August. People are. I mean, August 14th. Yes, thank you, Stan. Um, it's there, the primary is on August 14th, and people are already voting. I had election judge training this week, which I'll tell you a little bit about in the in the second hour. Uh, and I want you to re- I want to remind you, Amy Klobuchar has a bill that it, it automatically registers people to vote when they turn 18. No, people, no, no. There has to be some personal responsibility left around here, right? Yes, that's a really stupid idea. But you're seeing tons of articles about how Early voting in for Minnesota's August primary election, and the numbers are just skyrocketing, and that Minnesota is on track to triple the number of people who voted early in the state's August primary. And that and that's true. The numbers are way up. It's something about somewhere around uh, thirty thousand people, and that's because and that was as of July twenty sixth. But um, Minnesota now has no excuse absentee voting, so you can just show up at the polling place or requ- request an absentee ballot and you can go ahead and vote early uh, for without having to have any excuse at all and that was passed in 2013 but every year as more people get comfortable with it as both the Republicans and the Democrats parties and candidates continue to push for it uh, you're gonna see more and more and more of that kind of stuff all I can think of is when Wellstone died when the plane crashed right before what if you had already voted for wellstone what if you'd already cast your ballot and i don't trust the election system so i'm not 100% confident uh, that they will accurately count all the votes in the early. So if you have to vote early, vote early. If you don't, I'm going in on the regular day to vote like I always do. I want to watch it go right in the machine and be counted with, um, under my underneath my very eyes. What I thought was so interesting about the polling numbers that we've seen coming out for the for the primary voters already, Hennepin County has already had 8,155 primary voters. That is amazing. And I kept asking people, who is pushing the the, the early voting 
uh, in Hennepin County? Does it have to do with um, the the attorney general race? Does it have to do with the, the CD5 race? Does it have to do with some of the contested uh, primaries in the governor's race? I mean, there's all kinds of things, and I think it's a little bit of everything. But Hennepin County, over 8,000 people have already voted. That's how important they think this race is. In Ramsey County, we've only had 1,853 uh, people vote. Anoka County, you slackers, or maybe you're just waiting for the for election day to roll around. Eight hundred and ten. Uh, St. Louis has a St. Louis County up in the Duluth area has a large number, one thousand one hundred and twenty-three. I was really surprised to see some high numbers out of Washington County, out of Dakota County, and some really low numbers out of Olmstead County and Scott County. And again, I can't read mine, so I have no now, are idea. Are any of those numbers available as far as which way the early voters no. voted? Okay. Nope. 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 They they. Um, they don't come until of, the election of, night. Well, this this is the part that bothers me, Stan, because as of now, people have just been submitting the envelope with their absentee ballot in, so the, nothing's been counted okay. other than how many people have turned them in. Now, start it when I start working, coming up on the seventh or eighth of eighth of August, a week before the primary. When I start working, pe- they're going to really start counting then. Because I was going to say that could really affect uh, the strategy of a particular candidate if you have, okay, I got 20% in the early voting or I got 50% in the early voting, you know, and how they're going to make that last push. Remember, just because it's going into the machine, they're not telling people yet how they voted. So you still only have a grand total. But if you're an election supervisor, all you do is take your little key, open it up, and you say, oh, look at this. Candidate A has 1,000 votes and candidate B has 900. We better get another 300 people in there to vote. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I have serious problems with this thing, and we'll see how it goes. Oh, and that's another thing. Um, uh, remember our lawsuit, Stan, going mm-hmm. to the United States Supreme yep. Court? Yeah, we went all the way to the United States. We got people now who are going into the polling play, well, into the absentee votings, who are wearing Jeff Johnson T-shirts or who are, are wearing Doug Wardlow T-shirts or um, I, I don't care, pick, pick a candidate, any candidate. Uh, you'll be turned away at the polls if you show up wearing those clothes. That law did not get overturned. We were talking about you cannot wear campaign stuff into a polling place. You cannot. Um, You can wear passive campaign stuff. So, for example, you can wear your NPR T-shirt, and and they won't kick you out for claiming to be a Democrat. You can wear your... NRA hat. You can wear your Me Too shirt. You can wear all of those kinds of stuff. You can't wear stuff that has anything to do with anything on the ballot. So be real, real careful about that. Um, and coming up in the second hour today, because of course the first hour we're having uh, Twyla Braze to talk about her amazing new book, Big Brother in the Exam Room. But coming up in the second hour today, we'll talk a little bit more about the election. But Man, have I got a pile of crazy, a pile of crazy. And you want to talk out of control government? Well, yeah, you're looking at it right here. And seriously, people, do you really want to put someone in jail over using a straw? Really? Really? Because there's a city in California that not only is going to fine waiters and servers $500 if they hand out a straw, 
and jail time. Jail time. And, folks, people keep coming back and they're saying, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. You know what? If you're going to use the force of government to threaten that kind of stuff, you, eventually it's going to happen. Why would you Why would you wish that? Why would you want to live in a society like that? Why would you want government to have that kind of control? It is just absolutely crazy. And we have another judge. Uh, oh, I got a couple things to talk about judges today, too. The Democrats don't want to meet with Kavanaugh. What a bunch of cowards. What a bunch of it, big babies. Makes me sick. And Paul Thiessen was sworn in as a Minnesota Supreme Court judge this week. If you've never been to a Supreme Court swearing in uh, here in Minnesota, you should go sometime. It's at the Landmark Center. It's really, really a powerful, moving experience. And, and of course, I always hoped justice was blind. I always hoped for the best and that everything was honest and fair and even-handed and, you know, all of that. Yeah, well, sadly, we know that's not true, but it is a very moving experience. And that's a very good reminder. And we never give up our, our right to vote for judges ever, 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 because we want to be able to get rid of justices like Justice Supreme or uh, Minnesota Supreme Court Justice Paul Thiessen. Uh, the next time he's up for election, we got to throw his butt out of there. Uh, we're also going to talk about a judge in Wisconsin who said who authorized gender gender surgery. Uh, what about the? This makes me so mad. These judges come in and tell us that that gender surgery we have to pay for somebody's gender surgery, and in the meantime, we have our wounded warriors, we have our our soldiers, our our military men and women who need hands or feet or some mental health um help all this different stuff and instead we're we're spending who knows how much on gender surgery i got a problem with that and the latest stupid idea out of the democrats is they want uh they want taxpayers they want tax united states taxpayers to compensate illegal aliens i told you we had crazy i told you we had a lot of crazy to talk about today um i did want to tell you too put it put this on your calendar August 11th, Stan and I, I'm so excited about this, Stan and I are going to be at the Dakota County Fair. So fun. I know. I love road trips. I love the fair. We're not at the state fair. That's what, Farmington? Is that where it's at? Yes, it's at Farmington. Super nice people down there. Uh, We're just starting to pull together a list of guests that we're going to have, people that are going to come and do interviews with us. We'll tell you what's happening down in Farmington. We haven't solidified any of that. We're still working on technical stuff, but we'll get it done. So if you're planning on going to the Farmington Fair, or even if you're not, maybe now you should plan on going to it because, yeah. Bring your tomatoes. I know. I just I just love everything. You know what? I didn't go to the Ramsey County Fair this year. You know why I didn't go, Stan? Because he lost the county commissioner race? Well, okay, I'm still a little bitter about that. I don't know what Ramsey County was thinking of. They should have voted for me. No, but the Ramsey County Fair is a small fair over in Maplewood, um, over at the... By the library um, and the uh, ice arena and all that. I can't even remember what street it's on right now. Uh, anyways. Why would you not go? I didn't go because they charged three bucks for parking this year. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's a county fair. So take that, Ramsey County.
<laughs> but I love the fairs, and I'm looking forward. And it's okay if I have to pay money at the Dakota County Fair. I will. I will. I will. All right. We're going to take a quick break now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to start talking uh, health care because there is so much to talk about. And Twyla Brays will be with me, and she's going to be talking about her amazing new book, Big Brother in the Exam Room, these electronic medical records. I told you they were bad. I told you. Oh, anyway, stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. For the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Well, Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, Twyla's running a little late. You know why? Because they tore up the roads. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I put up a post this morning. I don't morning. know how you people do it here in the Twin Cities. It, it's I just, crazy. It is so crazy. Day. I know. I know. So I was out this morning. Everything's a parking lot. Everything's a If you're on 694, I'm sorry because it's a mess. It is such a disaster. If you were going east on 694, you were at a dead standstill. At a dead standstill on a Saturday think afternoon. Of, think of how many vehicles we could have had off the roads if we wouldn't have delayed that light rail project all these years. <laughs> there was never a light rail transit <laughs> project along 694. But I'll tell you, 694 could have been uh, two additional lanes wider if they'd get the paint cans out. Oh, and, and then we have these geniuses, and I'm I'm being sarcastic when I say geniuses. They make me so furious. I don't know who these people are. I hope the next governor, I'm looking at you, Jeff Johnson, I hope the next governor of this great state of Minnesota uh, not only brings the paint cans out, but fires all those people who designed uh, four and five lanes of highway that, oh, drop down to two lanes of highway and then pop back up to four lanes again. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, I mean, it is just absolutely so ridiculous. I understand they're trying to get out of our cars, get us out of our cars. I don't want to get out of my car. I want the the freedom and the safety and the and and I value my time. I I value my time. I don't want to spend hours sitting on a dirty, crime-ridden train, which is what you see in in downtown Minneapolis sometimes. I want to go where I want to go, when I want to go, in a timely, safe, efficient manager manner. Hey, hey, Stan. Oh my gosh. Did did you see the horrible accident that was up north? Where, uh, way, way, way up north. It was a 70-year-old woman and a motorhome, and uh, the woman died. The 70-year-old woman died, and it was in a roundabout. Somebody didn't know how to handle a roundabout, and 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 the woman it's died. And now everywhere you go, you see roundabouts. You want to know how to reduce the traffic on a street? You put a roundabout in. Oh my gosh! Nobody knows how to drive them. And you know what? I, every time I want, when you think you support roundabouts, you just remember that the next time you're calling the fire department, the police department, or you're wondering where the snowplow is or the garbage truck, um, you just think about that. Or or the Amazon delivery, or the FedEx, or any of those guys. Um, you just know that these roundabouts, this traffic calming, this cutting everything down to one lane, slowing down the traffic flows, adding bike lanes, all of that, all of that not only adds to our aggravation, my aggravation, but it also adds into the cost of commerce, into into public safety. Because if you if you want the police to get to your house or the ambulance or the fire truck, well, that those kinds of actions out on, on our streets, that that's not helping us. 
Oh, they drive me so crazy. So sorry, Twyla. Sorry you're sitting in all that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the election. Um, and, and actually, that was kind of about the election because I want Because elections matter. Because I want lanes, not trains. I, I don't know how much clearer I can make it. And I, every week I tell you, Democrats are the party of stupid ideas. And this week we had example after example after example that Democrats are not only the party of stupid ideas, but the party of irresponsible spending and the party of taxes. And it should make everyone crazy. Tim Waltz came out and said he'd push to raise the Minnesota gas tax if he was elected. That is just absolutely crazy. That kind of mindset where you have a gubernatorial candidate who wants you to pay more so government never has to do with less is absolutely ridiculous. We had crazy examples of amnesty, crazy examples of renewable energy. I don't know how many times I have to tell people CO2 is not pollution and that higher fuel standards kill people and drive up the cost of our cars for no reason. You know, back in the 70s, when everyone was, well, well, the naive and gullible were falling for peak oil. I warned you about that, too, that that it was sheer nonsense. We're awash in oil, people. Don't, yeah, we, you don't have to have to worry about that. And you still have people out there who two to one want stricter migration policies. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that immigration is now a top political issue, uh, not only nationwide, but in our governor's race, in our governor's race in our governor's race as well. Aaron Murphy. Aaron Murphy got out there this week and just beat the pavement saying she wants to move the state of Minnesota towards single-payer health care a single-payer health care system, legalizing recreational marijuana, and raising taxes and fees to pay for transportation in- infrastructure. Stupid ideas. Fiscally irresponsible ideas. Starting uh, October 1st, I think it is, our online sales tax kicks in. They estimate that Minnesota will get somewhere between um, 150 and $200 million a year from online sales taxes. Do any of these people say, oh, let's, let's cut the sales tax in Minnesota? Let's, let's find another way to let people keep more money in their pocket? Nope, absolutely not. You've got Waltz, you've got Murphy, you've got Swanson out there saying, yep, yep, we're going we're gonna to tax the snot out of you. And not only are we going to tax the snot out of you, now that the United States Supreme Court said we can tax you even more, we're going to take that couple hundred million dollars and we're going to spend that too. Absolutely ridiculous, people. Absolutely ridiculous. You know what else was ridiculous? Some of the horrible claims or some of the horrible stories I was hearing about people. Uh, I don't, well, they're not Republicans. They got to be Democrats. Um, coming after and threatening Jason Lewis's two children, his two, his two beautiful daughters. That is just sick. That is shameful and sick, and you guys have got to stop it. You have got we, – we can't have that kind of stuff. This is – I complain all the time about people being uncivil. I complain all the time about uh, things are spiraling out of control. Everybody's got to rein it in. Rein it in. And the other little point that I wanted to tell you about, Planned Parenthood Action Fund, they filed a report. They are going to spend $242 million for Tina Smith. Wow. Wow. I don't think it's all for Tina, but they are going to spend that kind of money just to push uh, pro-abortion candidates. And and that should trouble you as well. We had two polls that came out this week. One poll was uh, a poll of registered voters. This came out mm, 
I think this. I think the Republicans put this one out. They uh, the, and it was. It said there's a majority of registered voters in Minnesota who believed Democrats who stand as obstructionists to the president's agenda should be replaced in November. That's good news. I, and I think that's true. People that I talk to are sick of it. They're sick of of all the fighting. They're sick of the obstruction. They're sick of the resist. They're sick of how the Democrats have moved so far to the left. They're not even recognizable uh, as a mainstream party in in Minnesota, let alone in the in the country. Uh, so that was some good news. There was another poll that came out that isn't even worth talking about, which is every headline on every media source in Minnesota. And that was the NBC Marist polls, which said Trump, uh, remember, Trump narrowly lost Minnesota, 1.5 percentage points, 444,000 votes. His rating in Minnesota, according to this ridiculously stupid poll, that apparently there are no media sources in the state of Minnesota who can read a crosstab. None of them know how to take a look at how bad these polls are and how biased they are. It's just absolutely shocking. But they said um, they gave numbers for Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. They said in Minnesota, 48% of the of the um, voters prefer Democrats to 36% backing the Republicans. Do you know why that, that was such a joke? Do you know that why that was such a joke? It was likely in potential voters, not even primary voters, not even primary voters. So the margin of error for Minnesota was four-plus percentage points, and the, um, for the primary likely voters, the margin of error was plus 10%. That is just crazy. That, that poll isn't even worth the paper that it's, that it's written on. So absolutely ridiculous. And the calls for Rick Nolan to resign are getting stronger and stronger, too. Uh, CD8's kind of crazy up there. Uh, Duluth lawmakers, seven of them, called on Rick Nolan to resign. Do you remember last week we were talking about Rick Nolan? Okay, we were talking about Rick Nolan because, um, well, they say that uh, he's a sexist and and is hostile towards women. But do you remember I told you the story about how Nolan, who's 74, would tell off-color jokes and the, his one of his favorites that he liked to tell was about his time in the Minnesota State Legislature during the 1970s. He said male lawmakers would play a game in which they were blindfolded and tasked with determining which female secretary worked for who by groping them. And Democrats said they've repeatedly heard this over and over and over again. I had never heard that about Nolan, um, but I also, I remember the uh, Ted Kennedy one where he, where he had the waitress sandwiches that, uh, yeah, it's offensive and, and horrible. But I'll tell you something, folks. Uh, Rick Nolan's going nowhere. He's staying there. And right now, the latest poll out of that out of the Democrats looks like Swanson is barely ahead. And that was before the Rick Nolan stuff came out. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk to Twyla Breas, her amazing book. Oh, yeah. Big Brother in the Exam Room. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to read it. I want all of you to read it. I want you to go to Amazon, buy it, weigh in on it. Um, um, you know how you go on it and you give your review of it? Yeah, you're going to go do that. Uh, when, and we're going to talk about her book. We're going to talk about some healthcare stuff. And we'll get back into my pile of crazy and some other election stuff coming up at the after the break. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.
everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Really appreciate you listening. This is Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. The smartest woman I know is here. Yay, Twyla. I've missed you so much. And there have been so many healthcare things that I've wanted to have her on. I've wanted to talk about. But she's been busy. She's been really, really, really busy uh, writing her book, Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Medical Records. I am looking at the book right now, and there it says, Twyla Bray's right at the bottom of it. I know how hard she worked on this. I know what a long uh, and loving battle <laughs> that it was to get this thing into print. Hi, Twyla. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be back, Sue. Oh, I know. I've missed you. I have so many things that I want to talk about, about Obamacare and about Mincher and about the ridiculous, stupid idea that the Democrats have that we should be moving closer towards single payer. But we are going to start first with you guys have been really busy at Citizens Council for Health Freedom fighting for us, not just here in Minnesota, but outstate. There was a Matt, uh, Matt Flanders is going to come on in, at the end of August. He's going to tell me about some hearings that have been happening that are crazy, insane. You guys aren't going to want to miss that. Uh, and then Twyla's been busy writing her book. She's been all over the country, really. She was in Vegas at the Freedom Fest, and I love your T-shirt. You. And I know, right? Um, and And doing all this other stuff for us. But Citizens Council for Health Freedom, it doesn't operate on tax dollars like so many other projects do. No, it, it's us, people. It means we have to donate to Citizens Council for Health Freedom. And, of course, she'd love to have you just write a big, giant check. She'd love to have you buy her book on Amazon and then weigh in and give it a review. But just as importantly, she holds these great fundraisers once a year. And she's got one coming up. They're going to announce it next week. But you're going to hear about it here first. Twilight, tell us about your fall fundraiser. So, yes, it is um, here. It's uh, so new that I'm sitting here going, now, what is the name of that Kevin fundraiser? Smith. Oh, no, no. It's, I know who's coming. It's Keith. Keith Smith is coming. And oh, he Keith is, Smith. Right, right, right. He's the uh, founder and CEO of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, which is this innovative cash cash-based surgery center where uh, sometimes the surgeries are 90% less, 90% less wow. uh, than even the hospital up the street. And so he has been really innovative. He's a pioneer in free markets. He has, he'll have great stories to, to share about uh, really what a joy it is. And so um, we're calling it showcasing uh, free med free market medicine in action because that's really what it is and he he's really sought after around the country to try and figure out some other surgery centers who are looking at how did he do it what did he do and can he advise them and I just think I think everyone will delight to hear his stories about what it's like to work in a cash check and charge environment outside of the government they don't take insurance they don't take Medicare, Medicaid, but they have all of these affordable prices because they're cash checker char cash checker charge. So I've just encouraged people to come. It's going to be um, up at the uh, Edinburgh um, USA Golf Course, and it nice. will be it will be uh, Thursday, September twenty seventh. Thursday, September twenty seventh. The doors will well registration will open at six. But next week, we are going to have registration starting online. So just look for it if, if you'd like to come. So I'll, I'll it'll be fun. I'll on Facebook, too. It will be fun. And how do we get a center like that here in Minnesota? 
Wow. <laughs> First, we got to have someone with the drive to do it. <laughs> I can and think then, of some people. And, uh, but we don't have as good of an environment because of how liberal the state is. I know, and Keith will probably talk about how carefully he chose. Um, but now that he exists, he is an example for the rest of the country, the rest of doctors, the rest of surgery centers to follow. He's considered major competition for the uh, hospitals who would love to have all the surgeries there. But when you look at the prices for lots of those surgeries, it's just so much less. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. You, you know who the first per- people were who came? Who? Canadians. Oh. Ah. And the Canadians could come to Minnesota. If we could get one yep. here. Wait, yeah, they could. They wouldn't oh. have to go all the way to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, we got to change a few things, though, too. You know, just last week, um, and, and I, I said this earlier, Matt Flanders with Citizens Council for Health Freedom will be on at the end of um, August to talk about this with us. But there was just a hearing last week with Nick Zerwas. What the hell are you thinking, Nick Zerwas, who's trying to take away our privacy? Do we have one of the best privacy laws in the nation? And, and Twyla's right when she says the environment here in Minnesota is not conducive to wanting to see some of the innovative things like we see in Oklahoma and in other states because, um, and, and I wouldn't say it's just liberal uh, it, we've had the wrong politicians in there. We haven't had freedom-loving politicians who trust us enough with our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, managed care was given such a grip on this state right. with Minnesota Care. A lot of people think Minnesota Care was just uh, another welfare program for the sort of middle-class poor, uh, but that's not true. It was really Hillary Care. It was Hillary Care for Minnesota, is right. what. And so that really handed over the entire healthcare system to these managed care plans, and so it makes it difficult for the physicians to get out from under. Uh, but, you know, with the high deductibles today, I think physicians need to be looking that direction. With our Wedge of Health Freedom, I believe we have nine practices in this state that are all cash, check, or charge that have gotten on the Wedge so that patients can find them. At, Wait, where do I go for that again? At jointhewedge.com. Jointhewedge.com. Yep, you can find practices that are all cash, check, or charge. And that's really the direction that all of healthcare should be going. Uh, because the the uh, your doctor and any other practitioner should not be involved in the insurance industry. That should be between you and your insurance company, and it should be real insurance, not managed care. Managed care is not real insurance. It's the corporate version of socialized medicine, and you and you can even see it under Obamacare, right? Because there's a, there's a mandate in Obamacare to have health plans, these managed care corporations, uh, and true indemnity insurance is prohibited. So you can tell how socialized medicine uh, or how socialized in a a corporate version the health plans are. You know, just this past week, uh, Representative Eric Paulson's uh, bid to end Obamacare's medical device tax, it, it passed the House, now it has to go through the Senate, and they're saying it's going to pass and pass the Senate and Trump is going to sign it into law. Do you believe it? Well, I do believe that that is possible. The only caveat, I guess, that I would throw in there is look at the power of the medical device companies. I know. Right? And look how that power could have been used to actually repeal the whole I thing. I know. And well, there's that 
all they're doing is getting their their tax, yeah their tax gone and me, you know me, me. I, I I think it's great to have more of the taxes gone because then we're underfunding and slowly defunding the Affordable Care Act but why not put all of that power into actually getting rid of the entire thing I know every time I see the calorie counts every time I pay my insurance premium every time I look at my deductibles every time I try to explain to somebody about health savings plans that I mean every time I just get so frustrated and hearing the politicians now push towards single payer I just want to scream I, repeal I, it I, repeal it repeal it every word so, you know, what I think is when you look at the medical devices, right, they're getting innovative and there are more options, et cetera. But the Affordable Care Act actually is moving towards something called value-based payment to pay the doctors only for the value that third parties uh, think that right. uh, the services are, right? So not to pay them for their time, for their services, for their equipment, right? So it'll drive really towards cheaper and cheaper and perhaps less um less quality equipment in that kind of a payment structure. And so to just say, well, we'll get rid of our tax. Well, maybe you won't be able to do the innovative things that you want to do. Maybe your really innovative, more expensive things won't even be purchased because it won't be covered. It won't be covered. Yeah. So mm-hmm. crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are talking about Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records, written by one of my favorite people, one of the smartest women I know, uh, Twyla Braze. So stay tuned. Lots of good stuff coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and Twin com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. So much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, with me, Twyla Braze, and new, I, I get to introduce her. I always say good things about her, but now I get to introduce her as author of Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Medical Records, How Government Electronic Health Records Were, Oh, These Were, I'm Sorry, I, I Goofed It Up, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records. So um, this is how government electronic health records imposed by Congress. Uh, and, and it's nobody has any idea. Right, Twyla? They just don't understand. Nobody has any idea whatsoever what that uh, computerized record system in the doctor's office and at the hospital is really doing. A lot of people sort of look at it like it's, you know, a cool, useful thing like the phone in their back pocket, but it's nothing of the sort. It was really meant, it wasn't meant for patients. It wasn't meant for doctors. It wasn't meant for patient care. It wasn't created that way. It wasn't developed that way. It's really meant for data collection, data tracking, data reporting, billing, coding, all of that. So if you think about being like in, I don't know, Star Trek Enterprise or something, and you know, just just think of what's her name? What's what's that black woman's name on Star Trek? Uh, I just can't think of her name. But anyway, she's sitting there in front of that whole board of blinking things and things to look at. That's kind of what the electronic health record is like. Um, when I was at Freedom Fest. Uh, a physician stopped by and, and um, well, first a chiropractor stopped by and he looked at the book and he said, well, somebody had to write this book. I'm so glad this finally got written. And then a physician stopped by and he said that he'd been trained in Puerto Rico. And in Puerto Rico, they had um, their medical records were carbon copy paper. 
And he said the electronic health record is a step down from oh carbon gosh. copy paper records. And so this is what people don't understand. They don't understand how hard it is to find what you need. That's what he said. There's so many things hidden in the record, and you can't find them. And um, and so there's many screens. Will you find the right screen? And when the lab comes in, it used to be because I'm an emergency room nurse, right? You take a lab. It would come over. You take a lab. You'd slap it on the front of the chart. Doctor picks up the chart, sees the lab right away, right? Now it just gets, like, put into the electronic health record, the doctor has to think, oh, I ordered a lab. Let me go look and find where that lab is. And so, you know, there have been instances where labs, important labs, important results have been, you know, forgotten to be looked at. They've been missed. It's, It's not been timely, you know, because it is not, it is not simple. It is, it doesn't follow the workflow of patient care. So, um, it is just, it's, it's an accident waiting to happen right. when when you're in the exam room or when you're in the hospital room. And so actually in the book, I have uh, beyond talking about the history of how this happened and everybody who pushed to make this happen and the $30 billion that they got. And there's three new billionaires as a result of this. Um, Follow the money. And and I have a chapter that says HIPAA doesn't uh, protect privacy because, of course, the only way that this whole system happened is because of HIPAA. Because of HIPAA, all of your information can be put on an electronic health right. record where all sorts of people can access it without your consent. But wait, Twyla, wait. HIPAA's supposed to protect our privacy. No, it doesn't. That is the grand deception. You know, I, I just have to say, and I think probably when Matt comes in about a month, he's going to transcribe what the person at Alina said when she testified in front of this Minnesota Commission on Data Practices. It was kind of amazing she talked about something, it was some order of um, privacy does not mean that we lock down your data. So I'm now just, you know, I'm just paraphrasing here because we're right, going to figure right. out exactly what that quote was. But privacy doesn't mean that we lock down your data. The privacy, con- the concept of privacy uh, some means something like using it and sharing it appropriately. Oh, <laughs> Is that what it means? Oh, really? Oh, that's what privacy means. What about privacy? What about what, what about our privacy? And, and uh, you know, when I tell people that that HIPAA is not about protecting our privacy, they look at me like I'm nuts. I send them to your web page all the time. Go to Citizens <laughs> Council for Health Freedom. You look at the HIPAA pages. You will be shocked to look to know that you're signing that sign that your signature on that line is granting them permission to share your information with two million different entities. And and so in the book, I talk about who pushed HIPAA. So not. Not only who pushed the electronic health record onto the American people and patients and doctors, right, but also who pushed HIPAA and why they pushed HIPAA. But at the very end of it, I give action steps because I think it's so important for patients to protect themselves. And I think it's very important for practitioners to start to engage with patients about what this thing is that's in the exam room. It is a surveillance system. It's a command and control system. It takes decisions out of doctors' hands. It makes them data clerks rather than, you know, the, their focus, their primary focus is not you. I mean, there's, there's more than 125 studies uh, that I talk about in there, and I, there's a lot of quotes from physicians to let uh, 
uh, patients and people who are who are not in the exam room understand what's really going on. Um, but but it wasn't it wasn't meant for patients and patients need to protect themselves and doctors should start helping patients protect themselves from the electronic health record and from HIPAA. And so there is a specific list for Congress of what Congress can do, although I don't have a whole lot of trust that Congress is going to do anything, but at least I gave them a list. There's a list for state legislators, which is really long. It is not a list of, you know, do this first, do this second, do this third. No, it is a list of a variety of things that they can do together, separately, whatever. Democrats and Republicans working together, because I think privacy is a bipartisan issue. I mentioned to be. I think it still is. I mentioned certain Republicans in the book here in Minnesota. I mentioned certain Republicans, Democrats in the book. Twyla names here. names. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I uh, I give them credit for what they did to get an exemption from the EHR, the electronic health record mandate here in Minnesota. And so I, I name them because it's important that people see that Democrats and Republicans can work together for privacy. Um, Order the book now. Order the book <laughs> right now. I also have a list for practitioners. So all doctors and all clinicians, what they should be doing to protect patients, to inform patients about the truth about that electronic health record, about the fact that sometimes there's something they want to do for the patient, but it's not in the electronic uh, record. And so how do they pick it? How do they order it? How do they treat you with what they want to treat you if the hospital or the healthcare system has left that out of the choices, right? That's why it's a command and control system. And then there is a list for patients and for citizens about what to do, what to ask, uh, what to think about, what to look for, how to stay in the in the um, ugh, how to stay near the bedside in the hospital because you you won't believe the errors that can happen. People have died because of the electronic health record. The electronic health record has made the top list. Health IT has made the top list, a top 10 list for several years about uh, patient safety. I mean, as in a danger to patient safety. And people don't understand this. And so there's so many things about the electronic health record and none of it has to do with the patient and the doctor. Now, that said, the book is about the government electronic health record. So I call it the government EHR because it's the one that's imposed by Congress. It's the one that has to do what Congress said. It's the one that has to be certified by the federal government. There were electronic health records before right. the government EHR. Right. And those worked for the doctor. They were ones sometimes that doctors designed. And they, the doctors were happy practice. for their own practice to work the way they needed for their practice. So electronic health records aren't bad in and of themselves. But the government version, which has been imposed on penalty of reduced Medicare payments. So if a doctor doesn't choose to do this uh, or if a hospital doesn't choose to do this, they receive less money from Medicare. They are penalized for not putting the surveillance and command and control system into the exam room. They're penalized. Now, I have had doctors tell me that the penalty is actually less expensive than the cost of the electronic health record. I believe it. Now, I have one. It's The, the book has seven sections. One section is called um, the cost of coercion. 
and it talks about the payments and the penalties and the and uh, how how expensive this entire system is. And it talks all about the money and all about the other the different people that you need and the hidden costs and the overt costs and the costs for being in the cloud and and all of these things and all of them add to your medical bills. Right. All of them add. And so, um, yeah, it's an unfunded mandate. It would actually be less expensive for them, for many of them, to just go back to a paper medical record or go back to their own electronic health record. Crazy, Twyla. Crazy. I'm telling you people, go buy the book right now. Go buy the book. Can I tell them where? Buy (laughs) buy two books right now because you want to send one to your local politician pick pick whoever you want um we got to spread the word on this and get it out yes Twyla, where should, where <laughs> should they go that. buy your great sorry book? about that interruption <laughs> so they can go to amazon and they can put in my name or they can put in big brother in the exam room or they can go to big brother in the exam room.com and oh. there's a direct link right to the amazon uh web web page so big brother in the exam room.com oh my gosh Twyla goes so fast and do you know how i keep my privacy I lie. So then they can't put this stuff in the medical record. I can't wait to read this book. I didn't even get get a chance to ask you how you decided to write it, but thank you, Twyla. Thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for looking out for us, and thank you for this amazing, amazing book. All right, everyone, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I have more election stuff for you. I have my whole entire pile of crazy that is just unbelievable this week. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.